Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. To make a one-time donation to our podcast, please visit livinghour.org slash donate. Today's reading was edited and adapted from How to Get On in the World by Major A.R. Calhoun, published in 1895. The crown and glory of life is character. It is the noblest possession of the individual, constituting a rank in itself and an estate in the general goodwill. Character dignifies every station and exalts every position in society. It exercises a greater power than wealth and secures all honor without the jealousies of fame. It carries with it an influence which always tells, for it is the result of proven honor, rectitude, and consistency, qualities which perhaps, more than any other, command the general confidence and respect of one's fellow citizens. Character is human nature in its best form. It is moral order embodied in the individual. People of character are not only the conscience of society, but in every well-governed state, they are its best motive power, for it is moral qualities in the main which rule the world. Even in war, Napoleon said, the moral is to the physical, as ten to one. The strength, the industry, and the civilization of nations all depend upon individual character and the very foundation of civil security rests upon it. Laws and institutions are but its outgrowth. In the just balance of nature, individuals, nations, and races will obtain just so much as they deserve, and no more. And as effect finds its cause, so surely does quality of character amongst a people produce its befitting results. Though a person may have comparatively little culture, slender abilities, and but small wealth, yet if their character be of sterling worth, they always command an influence, whether it be in the workshop, office, store, or senate. British Prime Minister George Canning wisely wrote in 1801, my road must be through character to power. I will try no other course, and I am sanguine enough to believe that this course, though not perhaps the quickest, is the surest. Benjamin Franklin attributed his success as a statesman not to his talents or his powers of speaking, for these were but moderate, but to his known integrity of character. Hence it was that he had so much weight with his fellow citizens. Franklin wrote, I was but a bad speaker, never eloquent, subject to much hesitation in my choice of words, hardly correct in language, and yet I generally carried my point. Character creates confidence in people of high station, as well as in humble life. 
It was said of the first emperor, Alexander of Russia, that his personal character was equivalent to a constitution. That character is power is true in a much higher sense than that knowledge is power. Mind without heart, intelligence without conduct, cleverness without goodness, are powers in their way, but they may be powers only for mischief. We may be instructed or amused by them, however it is sometimes as difficult to admire them as it would be to admire the dexterity of a pickpocket. Truthfulness, integrity, and goodness form the essence of noble character. The individual who possesses these qualities, united with strength of purpose, carries with them a power which is irresistible. They are strong to do good, strong to resist evil, and strong to bear up under difficulty. Indeed, it is in misfortune that the character of the upright woman and man shines forth with the greatest luster, and when all else fails, they take their stand upon their integrity and courage. Every person should be bound to aim at the possession of good character as one of the highest objects of life. The very effort to secure it by worthy means will furnish you with a purpose for exertion, and your idea of character, in proportion as it is elevated, will steady and animate your purpose. It is well to have a high standard of life, even though we may not be able altogether to realize it. The person, says Benjamin Disraeli, who does not look up will look down, and the spirit that does not soar is destined perhaps to grovel. The one who has a high standard of living and thinking will certainly do better than those who have none at all. Whoever tries for the highest results cannot fail to reach a point far in advance of that from which they have started, and though the end may fall short of that proposed, Still, the very effort to rise cannot fail to prove permanently beneficial. There is truthfulness in action, as well as in words, which is essential to uprightness of character. A person must really be what they seem or purpose to be. In the words of Granville Sharp, always endeavor to be really what you would wish to appear. Every person who respects themselves and values the respect of others will carry out that maxim in action, doing honestly what they purpose to do, putting the highest character into their work, scrimping on nothing, but priding themselves upon their integrity and conscientiousness. For people whose acts are at direct variance with their words command no respect and what they say has but little weight. The true character acts rightly, whether in secret or in the sight of others. Without this dominating principle, character has no protection, but is constantly liable to fall away before temptation. And every such temptation succumbed to, every act of meanness or dishonesty, however slight, 
causes self-degradation. It matters not whether the act be discovered or concealed. The culprit is no longer the same, but another person, and they are pursued by a secret uneasiness, by self-reproach, or the workings of what we call conscience, which is the inevitable doom of the guilty. And here it should be pointed out how greatly character can be strengthened and supported by the cultivation of good habits. People, it has been said, are but a bundle of habits, and the habit is second nature. Hence the necessity for the greatest care and watchfulness against the inroad of any bad habit. For the character is always weakest, at that point at which it is once given way. And it is a long time before a principle restored can be become as firm as one that has never been moved. Wherever formed, habit acts involuntarily and without effort. And it is only when you oppose it that you find how powerful it has become. The habit at first may seem to have no more strength than a spider's web, but once formed, it binds us with a chain of iron. The small events of life, taken singly, may seem exceedingly unimportant, like snow that falls silently, flake by flake. Yet accumulated these snowflakes form an avalanche. Self-respect, self-help, application, industry, integrity, all are the nature of habits not beliefs. Principles, in fact, are but the names which we assign to habits, for the principles are words, but the habits are the things themselves, benefactors or tyrants, according as they are good or evil. Thus happens that as we grow older, a portion of our free activity and individuality becomes suspended in habit, our actions become the nature of fate, and we are bound by the chains which we have woven around ourselves. It is indeed scarcely possible to overestimate the importance of training young people to virtuous habits. In them they are the easiest formed, and when formed they last for life. Like letters cut on the bark of a tree, they grow and widen with age. Even happiness itself can be habitual. There is a habit of looking at the bright side of things, and also looking at the dark side. Dr. Johnson said that the habit of looking at the best side of things is worth more to a person than a thousand pounds a year, and we possess the power, to a great extent, of exercising our will so as to direct our thoughts upon objects calculated to yield happiness and improvement rather than their opposites. In this way the happy thought may be to spring up like any other habit, and it must be said that a good temper and a happy frame of mind is perhaps of even more importance in many cases than to perfect oneself with much knowledge and scholarship. As daylight can be seen through small holes, so little things will illustrate a person's character. Indeed, character consists in little acts, well and honorably performed, 
daily life being the quarry from which we build it up, and rough-hew the habits which form it. One of the most marked tests of character is the manner in which we conduct ourselves toward others. A graceful behavior toward superiors, inferiors, and equals is a constant source of pleasure. It pleases others because it indicates respect for their personality, but it gives tenfold more pleasure to ourselves. Every person may, to a large extent, be a self-educator in good behavior, as in everything else. You can be civil and kind, if you will, though you have not a cent in your pocket. Gentleness in society is like the silent influence of light, which gives color to all nature. It is far more powerful than loudness or force, and far more fruitful. It pushes its way quietly and persistently, like the tiniest daffodil in spring, which raises the clod and thrusts it aside by the simple persistency of growing. Even a kind look can give pleasure and confer happiness to others, if we but choose to do so. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Transform your life in 30 days with our Majesty Meditation Program. Our unique auto-suggestion sound method meditation will help you achieve success in every area of your personal and professional life. Learn more at livinghour.org majesty. To get 30% off the $11.99 purchase price, Use the coupon code INSPIRATION. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.